Welcome back, listeners, to Spilled Popcorn, the show where we spill and spoil the latest and greatest TV shows and movies around. My incredible co-host, Cam Wiggs, is with me. Hey, Cam. What's going on, man? So much, so much to talk about. And I am your other co-host, Kirk. Cam, we are reviewing episode three of Disney Plus and Marvel's and MCU's The Falcon and the Winter Soldier today. As always, I must check in with you. Did you watch this episode? Oh, of course I did. And and we're halfway through, which doesn't feel at all possible. It it feels like a tease. I, like, I, I don't trust it. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was feeling today as well. Uh, I was like, really? This th- We're halfway through? Like, you know, with WandaVision, it felt like every episode uh, took a while. You know, like yes. you, you spent a lot of time with them in a good way, even though they were shorter episodes. With this one, because there's so much action thrown into this, it just moves. And it you're does. just at the end of the episode in seconds, even though they are twice as long <laughs> as WandaVision. It's crazy. Yeah, and just, like, the length of actual real time in between is so much, like, it took us five weeks to get to the half point of WandaVision, whereas, like, this was three. So, I don't know. Feels feels different. Feels weird. Right. We're there. We're there. I also long to hear when you uh, tell me when I check in with you where you just say, um, uh, no, no, I didn't watch it. Yeah, uh, that would be bad, right? <laughs> they were just like, hey, we're going to do the show. Yeah, I didn't watch it, so... End of episode. Nothing left. <laughs> I have no <laughs> we, thoughts. Goodbye. We cannot discuss. You were that upset or that or that busy, whatever might have come and, and transpired there. So thank you for watching yes. uh, for the actual episode, episode three. With that, let's get into this. There's a lot to unravel with episode three. Let's talk about the unwrapping. Unwrap it up. Let's go. So very, very uh, what would you call it? Um, stereotypical beginning. Uh, we had the, we talked about it kind of a weak setup. We knew Zemo was the big bad and they tried to like lay into this mystery last week. And they're like, we got to go see Nemo, you know, Zemo, sorry, Nemo. They went to actually, <laughs> that would be a twist <laughs> that that's the, that's the ambitious crossover we're looking for here. Yes. Yes. And all, everyone transforms into fish, uh, <laughs> like animorph style. Yeah, They and go see him deep. and he like spins around like the Godfather. he's got a he's got a cigarette hanging out of his mouth (laughs) he said i want to take you to mount (laughs) wanahakalugi exactly oh man that'd be great sorry i digress no you're good you're good so zemo is what i meant to say we gotta go see zemo we get him he's in his ultra lockdown jail you know there is still this weird setup how bucky is the one leading this charge and how he's super calm about it uh that just tells you either the writing is really weird or bucky is super evolved and resolved in his therapy sessions like whatever i'm not brainwashed anymore let's go who cares he's gonna get me what i need uh so maybe he's just super resourceful um we get a hypothetical um, breakout of Zemo uh, as he's getting out of this jail, which turns out to be real, which gave me super big Captain America Civil War vibes as they're, you know, dissecting their plan uh, in like a warehouse basement hangar. How'd you feel about that scene, Cam? Yeah, I liked it. And, and, And I, I love Daniel Bruhl, the actor who plays Baron Zemo. I think he's really, really a great actor and a good addition to the MCU. So getting to see him like, actually do stuff because as Zemo he didn't really he, he honestly didn't have that many scenes in Civil War so right. it was cool to see him like you know do some fighting do some like he you know, disguised himself as one of the prison guards I don't know I, I totally dug it 
Yeah, it was pretty cool, pretty interesting. And correct me if I'm wrong, in Captain America Civil War, we did not see him with his comic book purple mask persona. We never saw it. So you know more about this than I do. You know, what what's kind of the big deal with this purple mask? I mean, it's it's largely theories, but I think um the original like the prevailing theory among the comic book like the group, (laughs) the community is that like he views it as, um, you know, Thanos was one of the first big villains to take on the Avengers and, and be able to, to best them. And he views himself in that same light only in a different way. You know, he's obviously not supercharged in the same way that Thanos is, but that maybe that purple color represents some sort of power against the Avengers to him. So that's right. That I don't. I mean, I've never read a comic where they go in detail about the purple mask. So I think like that's just what I personally have theorized, as well as some others. But who knows? Maybe we'll get some answers in this in this uh, series. I like it. I like it. Yeah. So I mean, as of right now, Zemo is basically the Lex Luthor of Marvel. You know, he is just a mastermind manipulator. Uh, I mean, the confidence in this guy, I mean, locked up in prison, he's like, I'm going to get out, like, whatever, <laughs> like, he's super chill, he's not stressed out at all, and then he's out in the real world, like, like, oh, great, here's all my money, I'm going to get my plane, I'm going to fly my jet to my really evil town, let's do this. Yeah, he's really the perfect villain for this series, because this is the most grounded series we'll probably ever get from, you know, in the same way that the Captain America movies were the most grounded movies in the whole yeah. MCU to date, I think... You know, this show, like I said, I, I theorize that the MCU is going to a crazy interstellar cosmic place from here on out. And so, um, yeah, let's get let's get the guy who's just like the rich, normal dude. <laughs> that's that's the best <laughs> villain for this series, honestly. Yeah. And I still I do like the idea of by the end of this series or who knows, maybe episode four, where if he becomes a, a super soldier, he gets the serum that they're hunting down. So pretty cool. So as a reminder, the Flag Smashers, a bunch of them, if not all of them, are super superhumans enhanced by a new strain of the super soldier serum. We meet uh, one of these scientists that kind of unlocked it pretty interesting that he was creating it blipped out came back and just got to work on it pretty smart on the writer's sense that that's how it kind of went under the radar because it was on no one's radar because this guy was gone no one was researching him anymore they just weren't they didn't have enough time or resources to follow up so i love the line that they said when they it's a little bit farther in the in the rundown here but he says you know no one's like super jacked when they take this yeah (laughs) that that's good you know that's that's the attention to detail you come to expect from marvel because i'll be honest that was one of my first questions is I was like, look at the flag smashers. I mean, Carly Morgenthau is like a scrawny like <laughs> a person. Yeah, I mean she's yeah. she's a small person. So I was like, hold up now. If this is super soldier serum, then it's a very different kind of juice, but they kind of did deconstruct that and actually address that issue. So that was good. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And especially she's, you know, the leader of these flag smashers. Obviously, they answer to a higher a higher power. We haven't really uh, pulled back the veil on exactly who that is just yet. Uh, lots of theories. It could be Zemo. It could be Nemo. It could be this <laughs> could be power, the power broker. broker. Yeah. Yes. It could be a multitude. They could all be, you know, this like board of evil uh, team members. Who knows? Who knows? But that's what we're going after. We're going after um, we're going after the serum as kind of a, a sidebar as to what the full agenda is going on. So we get a a glimpse of the flag smasher, Carly Morgenthau, uh, who is wanting this serum more as a medicine, it seems like. It seems like what appears to be her mother dying in this decrepit... 
hospital in the middle of nowhere and she has a very poignant moment very good scene uh the actress that plays her uh very very powerful because it's always better uh in some cases it's really good to have a villain who's just straight up evil but in more cases than not that that has to be a perfect formula and in this case her agenda is her family and that comes she'll do anything to save her mother and i love that backstory well i have to say i this, I mean, first of all, I think this episode was far better than the first two by by a large margin. Um, but also, I think they're doing some pretty interesting things from a subversion perspective here. You know, we we have no real reason to hate the Flag Smashers at this right. point. You know what I mean? I mean, the only person we've seen them hurt that we actually like is Joaquin Torres, and we've spent, like, this much time with him in this series. So... And every time we see them, it's like these endearing moments. You know, they're the disenfranchised. They're these people that are helping other people, impoverished people, sick people. And on the flip side of that, the people with the power are the ones that are, you know, the John Walkers of the world are the ones that we sort of dislike. So, th- so they're sort of flipping the script here. And even in this episode with the whole Sharon Carter thing, I mean, they they sort of paint the Avengers in a somewhat negative light with her whole uh, situation as well. They do, they do. So we get to travel to this city called Madripoor uh, for a mostly shoot 'em up setup scene, which is great and fun. Uh, we we try to get more details on who the power broker is. We've gotten little little crumbs of them of who this person is and ends up you know going south because uh sam wilson gets a call from his sister and she calls him he's almost through it and and she calls him sam at the end of it and this lady i forget what she's called uh but she's a high high ranking officer do you remember her name at all no, I don't. I don't think Starts it's super the, relevant, but yeah, because she's dead. <laughs> yeah. She's gone. <laughs> Starts with a B, maybe or an S. Selby. Some, I don't. I'm not. Can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Selby. And right. so they, you know, everyone dies except for our main heroes, and then they they run out and agent. Sharon Carter, uh, who is a, now a complete underground agent slash mercenary. No pardon. No allegiances to any governing agency. She is completely on her own. Ouch. She got the worst straw, the shortest straw of all of them when everything went down. And it seems like it was so long ago. It kind of was because if you go, you know, pre blip, pre infinity war. Um, so we're looking at almost like a decade of where she's just been like kind of on the run. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, and I believe, do they confirm that she was blipped in this? Mm. It's, I think it's insinuated that she blipped. Maybe. And, and that's part of the reason that she maybe didn't get the pardon is like, you know, Bucky and Falcon helped save the whole world, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, and, and she just like was, you know, out on the outskirts the whole time. I mean, plus she's not an Avenger. So she probably, like she said, she probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have had the same protection, but I, I do believe that she was actually involved in the blip, which um, could have led to, you know, her whole situation being exacerbated to the point that it is. Right. The paperwork is just backed up on her. They're like, well, we'll get to her. We'll, we'll you know, we got all these people, you know, or all this red tape in front of Sharon Carter. Um, the other mission that we're that we're following, uh, because a lot happened in this episode, like we said, the other side mission is is this power broker. Um who are they? How much power do they have? What kind of connections to the serum do they have? What other evil agenda is happening? 
And I want to talk about in the crumbs who could be this possible power broker. Uh, we didn't meet this person. We're just hunting for them. And then, you know, Zemo, of course, we talked about it briefly. He kills the chemist who uh, basically unlocked the new serum, just offs him. Um, I think he I think Zemo knew more than he want than he's letting on about this scientist. And then at the very end, we see a Wakandan guard uh, hot on the trail of Zemo, because, of course, the Wakandans hate Zemo because he manipulated and actually caused the death of King Takala. Uh, T'Chaka, yes. T'Chaka, dang you're, it. You're right, you're right. So <laughs> so the Dora Malashi, um, who are the King's Guard, effectively, they have unfinished business yes. with, uh, with Zemo. So uh, that was a really interesting, I, I was not expecting that at all. I mean, I know they sort of they they had Falcon set us up with the reminder of like remember the you know Wakanda hates this guy so I, once he mentioned that I kind of thought oh that's an interesting thing to call out but sure enough we get the actual tie-in. She rolls up and she is mad you know well mad but like there's a little bit of, of excitement right because like they couldn't touch him because uh, he was locked up but now they're like he's out let's take him right. let's destroy this guy uh, by by all means because that was the catalyst for everything else that's horrible the horrible events that have happened uh with the the kingdom of wakanda so uh man so that's the end of the episode it's nuts it's wild uh let's talk about some of the best the best moments of this and let's get into the butter yeah absolutely i mean i want to i want to kick it off if that's okay do it Um, let's go so we don't get very much john walker in this episode but here's what i find really interesting the scenes that we get well, really, the first, the very first scene in the show, um, in this episode, is John Walker breaking into that German, um, like basically, like hide house, you know, you know, right. like the, the 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 stash house or whatever, and he's interrogating them, and he has this moment where we really see him lose it, and he's like, "That's BS. That's BS. Do you know who I am?" Like screaming at that guy, and the guy yes. spits in his face, and he's like, "I know who you are, and I don't care." I think that's a really telling scene because that was, like I said, that was the first taste we got of John Walker as like unhinged, you mm-hmm. know, which, which is, which is telling. And I think, um, the line specifically, the line, do you know who I am is so interesting because going back to episode two, he doesn't think he's anybody, you know, he's like, am I captain America? Am I really captain America? I mean, I can't be, I'm just, I'm just John Walker, you know? Um, but nowadays, you know, he's had that shield on, in his possession for a little while. And now he's now he's do you know who I am? You know, like that. Mm-hmm. That's that's a big change for him. He's Reese, uh, Reese Witherspoon status when she got pulled <laughs> over all those years ago. Yeah. 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 He's had a couple of successful missions under his belt as Captain America and he's ready and he still feels undermined where he shouldn't. He really shouldn't. But people are like, nah, you ain't got nothing, which, you know, speaks to the, the full theme of, of what we've received so far in these three episodes of power. Uh, the theme is power. And what power do you have, whether it's strength or respect? What are you chasing? What power are you chasing? What what version of either of those is good and bad. And I think, you know, from, from your previous speculations of having John Walker come uh, to become a, a super soldier, I think we're on that path. I think we're all going to come down to it where Zemo and him are just going to like sh- shoot up and just like explode uh, into a, a massive battle uh, between everybody, which would be wild. Yeah. I think, 
it's it's that's something I'm definitely wa- watching, and um, I will just pat myself on the back a little bit for last week for correctly <laughs> predicting the power broker coming into play. I didn't I didn't to be honest with you, I didn't fully expect that to be the route that they go because it's such an obscure storyline in the comics. Yeah. But um, here we are. So the power broker is in play, and I like that they're keeping it hidden. I think it's good for the show. Um, we did meet Doctor Doctor Nagel. Um, which an interesting call out is that is not the name of the mad scientist from the comics. So mm-hmm. that those are the sort of things that I'm looking for when with the MCU is, you know, how close are they going to keep it to the comics? Sometimes you can tell by just little things like that, you know, what names are they using? Who are these characters? What are their backstories? Um, so I think so far it's hard to get a beat on the power broker because they're not really dropping us any hints at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll talk about who I think the power broker is coming soon, coming very soon. Uh, the continued action in this series is just incomparable. Like it's it's so refreshing because you have these this close up action, hand to hand combat. Um, I like to throw out that I took stage combat uh, in in college, and that was really fun. And you, we got to do a bunch of scenes where we would just like beat each other up, you know. Nice. Uh, and I just think that the art of that and the choreography has been so specific and so wonderful uh, because what people have to remember and understand is like a 10 second scene of combat of action takes so much preparation so much time not only in just the choreography itself but then you add the actors you (laughs) add the camera you add the makeup you add the explosions for every one of these scenes they probably have 30 cameras going and then you have to edit it (laughs) you know you have to take the best takes the ones where you know there's not a mic in this in the take and you know that you get the best angle of somebody yeah it's it's awesome yeah so i just got to throw that out there as the butter because it's it's not lacking in any way shape or form and i hope it continues i don't it's and it's it's really escalating well because yeah. episode one we got the we got the flyover scene you know that that was cool i was like i wish we'd have a little a little bit more ground fighting you know episode two kicks off with the train you know that's what that episode is about it's like awesome and then in this the madripoor fight sequence huge so it's just going to get bigger and longer each scene and i'm super excited super excited um Speaking of fighting, I want to talk about Bucky and his personality. In this episode, he pretends to be the Winter Soldier. Uh, they put on all these these identities. Uh, he pretends to be under the spell again. And his fighting in particular is so awesome when he's the Winter Soldier. Um, and I want to know from you, Cam, like, I see a difference when he is pretending to be the Winter Soldier again and fighting and fighting as Bucky Barnes, uh, the Avenger. 100%. How do you feel? Which one do you like more? Well, I mean, I like I like the Winter Soldier. It's brutal. It's smash mouth. It's uh, unforgiving. It's merciless. It's I mean, it's cool. But I think there's a story aspect to that, which is, um, you know, Sam kind of checks in on him after he destroy some people in the bar in Madripoor. And he's like, Hey, you good. And he's like, yeah, I got it. Which, I mean, I think the underlying story is like Bucky likes that part of himself or, or at least is still working through it. You know, he, he, you know, as when he's playing the role of the winter soldier, he gets to just unrelentingly unleash this, you know, all this stuff that he's got, you know, compressed inside of him. And he, and he seemed to enjoy that. 
He did. I I hope that he, you know, graduates into being able to adapt that level of of precision uh, without the just the hate behind it, right? Because if you think back to the train, he got his butt kicked a lot yeah. by other super soldiers, granted, but it was just like, huh? Like where where's the moves that we see against these people? Obviously, they're just regular humans, but the the speed and just the confidence in his attacks is so different. So I really hope that we we find a happy medium to that. I hope there that's already planned out uh, in the coming episodes. Yeah, it's something to keep an eye on for sure. All right, that takes care of all the butter, the best parts. Let's get to the crumbs. Yeah. Uh, next week, I'm gonna like have a piece of bread that I. <laughs> I break up and I'm going to like have Short a shortbread cookie yeah, just like and I'm just going to drift it down <laughs> all over my computer and it great. will explode from our production from value be just through the roof. <laughs> yeah. It's like, have you seen those guys? They, <laughs> they, they he baked a fresh have... batch of cookies just to, just to smash it over the webcam. What a monster. <laughs> <laughs> so talking about the power broker, I've been teasing it all episode. Hopefully you're still listening. Thank you for being here if you still are. <laughs> I got to talk about this. What if the power broker is Sharon Carter? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a it's a good point. I mean, we we get we get a situation with Sharon Carter where she is clearly disgruntled and and you have to pay attention in the MCU, I think, to the light in which they they paint their characters that you know, she is capping people at point blank range in broad daylight in the shipping yeah. yard with all those containers. And that is just not something you see a hero do. And she's given off some vibes. I mean, she's wearing all black all the time. She is clearly very bitter by what happened to her and how she, you know, basically was excommunicated from shield and the CIA and didn't get pardoned. Right. And at the end of the episode, she's like, uh, no, I got to stay here and hold it down in Madripoor. And then, like, connects with one of her people and is like, we got a problem, actually multiple problems. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, the only thing that holds me back from saying that is just that that would be a huge change from the comics, but that's okay. I mean, I think, like I said, they're painting her in a different light. They're painting Zemo in a different light. Could they flip yeah. the script and could Zemo come to the good side and could Sharon be our villain? I mean, it's all options are on the table, Kirk. I, I certainly don't think it's a wild thing to speculate. I mean, I, I don't think we've been given any assurance that she's still, you know, team USA. So it, it's, it, it'd be crazy, but it's something to watch for sure. Yeah. You see Emily Van Camp is the actress who plays Sharon Carter and she is, quite the actress. I know we've seen some great things, snippets in her, her screen time has been minimal, but I mean, she has had several kind of indie films where she's the, the leading lady and holy cow, is she good? Mm -hmm. It's, it's insane. So I'm, I was super excited when they first introduced her, uh, in, uh, in Captain America winter soldier as, as she was coming into the fold and I'm glad she's still around. I really think that this would be an awesome move. You know, she talks about how she's a hustler. She's got all of this illegal art. That's like actual, the actual stuff that should be in the biggest museums in the world where she just has billions of dollars sitting in her apartment or her condo, whatever you want to call it. She's off grid. I, I just think that would be a fantastic twist. And even if, uh, we, we see her 
demise at the end of this series. What a great uh, final story arc for her, what, what that would be from coming in from the fold and being Captain America's kind of right hand, uh, right hand man for right hand girl for for assistance in weaving through all the mess that Hydra was and sticking it with him. And then all of a sudden she was wronged and she's out and she doesn't care about anybody. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it, it, it sort of puts a nice bow on this story they're telling of, you know, that shield is a symbol, but at what cost, you know? Yeah. And, and that's something that they need to reconcile. I think it's a good story to tackle because at any point, you know, every superhero story comes to the point where it's like, our superhero is more bad than good. You know, it's something that yes. we've seen time and time again. And the MCU has smartly stayed away from it until now because you have to really develop your characters before you take that on. That's something that I think DC, by the way, did not so well. Yes. Um, but... <laughs> You know, they're, they're tackling it at the right time, and I think it would be the ultimate, you know, to really make Sharon Carter this, you know, mafioso, like top of the ladder, you know, king of the cartel type of person who's running the show, and for her to be that symbol of, like, look look what happens whenever things go wrong. And this is a, th this is a thread that Marvel likes to pull. I mean, they did it with Mysterio. Mm -hmm. They did yeah. it with Vulture. <laughs> you know, they, they've done it with a couple of villains so far, so it... it it does fit the blueprint for what they've done. Excellent. Excellent. That's my hope. That's my dream. It probably won't come true. My speculations are too wild sometimes. So I'm just going to live in this episode for the rest of my life and I will never leave this box. Well, I think it's, I just want to live that way again. I think it's telling that they're not using the, you know, the, again, the power broker is an obscure character. The real power broker in the comics is named Curtis Jackson. There's been no mention of anything like that. They didn't mention um, Dr. Malice, who is uh, the the original mad scientist. This is a Dr. Nagel, totally different. Um, so the fact that they're not going with the specific names tells us that this is totally different. This is MCU specific. And while the name seems to be the same, all the details are out the window. So now did Nagel drop a uh, drop a name and was it malice or was it something else? I don't think it was. Okay. It, gotcha. Yeah. There was, there was a name that he said right before Zemo offed him. And it looked like if you have, if you watch with subtitles, as I often do, um, it looked like it would be, what's, what do you call it? It's like a word scramble. What's that called? Uh, oh, like, a uh, oh yeah. Um, there's a word for it, but it looked yeah. like that. <laughs> it looked like uh, there were, it was a, a, t a first and a last name and it looked like I wonder if I unscrambled that, if it would be Sharon Carter. <laughs> yeah, I need to go back and watch it because you're right. He did drop a name, but I don't remember it. I think the fact that no little light bulb went off on my head would, would tell me that it probably wasn't our doctor gotcha. from the comics. But um, it, it's interesting. It's something to keep an eye on there. Um, I think other things that are interesting is the super soldier serum that they're working with is is from Isaiah Bradley's blood. You know, that's, right. so that's, that's worth noting. And so it's, that's going to come back. <laughs> you know, they wouldn't introduce us to Isaiah Bradley for nothing and then drop that bomb. And we're, we're going to swing back around there. And I think he's going to get a nice ending to his story. Oh, yeah. um, I think this whole Bucky with the Dora Malashi is pretty interesting because they go out of their way to re-mention the White Wolf at, yep. in episode one. And he he spots the you know the Wakandan little tracker guys from a mile away, and he he kind of goes covert. So he's going to have something to do 
And remember, he's not a Zemo fan either. It was his idea to break him out of prison, but I wonder how they're going to deal with, you know, Bucky has rapport with with the people of Wakanda, so he's going to play some sort of uh, role in how this whole Wakanda versus Zemo um, situation gets resolved. So that that's yeah. definitely interesting too. Yeah, like a mediator. And are we going to see more uh, more of the Wakandan guards come in? Are we going to see Shuri come in and be like, listen, bro killed my dad. He's going down. You know, yeah. what what are what's going to happen? Uh, it are could they get like, bigger. This whole thing, this whole this whole thing that we're building to could get a lot bigger if Wakanda gets involved. Yes. And that was my issue with episode one and two, that the stakes just weren't high enough. Yeah. Uh, and they were just really waiting for this halfway mark to do it. I do wish that we would have had um, not like, you know, hit me on the head with guess what? This is coming. But I wish there was ra- there was more mystery wrapped up, uh, more more threads to follow that were just like, oh, but maybe they were just too cut and dry that they couldn't find a way to plant them in episode one and two. So I'll give them the benefit for the doubt but i'm happy this episode happened after i've after i've talked about it i i think before we hopped on here i was like i don't know about episode three man but yeah. you know dissecting it has made me more excited yeah i mean i think i think we're we're headed in a good trajectory and they've dropped enough seeds now to make me interested in a number of different ways that can go a couple of other things i think i was surprised that after zemo kills nagel and busts out of there. He's basically like, I'm on my own. He swings back around and they reconnect with him. And he's like, Hey, that's what needed to be done. Let's go. And obviously Sam is like, you do it again. I kill you. But he's still involved. He's not on his own thing, which is not how I saw that ending. And then with, with Sharon's ending being way different than I expected, I was like, Oh wow. That's, that's really interesting. Um, Another thing, Madripoor, you know, if you've read, X-Men comics, that's that's what you would most closely associate Madripoor with. It, it's it's like almost like Bloodhaven in in uh uh Batman. Like this yeah. this place that just sort of keeps popping up and it's never a place where good stuff goes down. You know, Magneto hangs around there. Um but I think it is, you know, this this completely made up island nation in the Marvel comics that's like somewhere in Southeast Asia, but it's um it's interesting that they bring it in here because I think that that was my first thing. I was like, Oh, Madripoor, that's interesting. (laughs) You know, that that doesn't feel like it, that plus Captain America slash Falcon slash winter soldier, like did not connect with me. But then I was like, Hmm, X-Men. I don't know. So that, that'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. Is this, is this the series (laughs) for what (laughs) it's worth? I think it's a long shot that we get any sort of (laughs) X-Men introduction uh, of any degree in this series, but I do think it's telling that they're expanding the world to include some things that they probably wouldn't have touched prior to the acquisition of characters like the X-Men. Um, so that's really interesting. And then um, the other thing I was going to say is just, um, I totally lost it. That's okay. <laughs> I'll that's okay. It out. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it. Leave it in. What I... I think that every new series that we're going to get, we're going to say, okay, great. This is going to be fantastic Four, uh, yeah. and this is going to be X-Men. And oh this no, is no. Be I totally and- remember. I remember what okay. I was going to say. They have been saying every, you know, and I hate to go down this road again after we were, we were hurt with WandaVision, but multiple people involved in the show have been saying that there is a character who appears in episode five, who is new to the MCU. And, the only other breadcrumb that we've been given, which this is so vague, I don't even know why I should <laughs> I shouldn't even mention it, but they were like, 
the director of the show um, was like, oh, I really hope this character that shows up in episode five ends up working with Thor at some point. And I'm like, <sighs> that gives me nothing. I was, <laughs> you know, I was like thumbing through everything, trying to figure out what in the world. I, I mean, who, who could it possibly be? But I don't know. I don't want to get hurt again. Uh, it's, but, but keep in mind, we are supposed to be getting introduced to some sort of character, presumably a hero hmm. in episode five. So take that for what it's worth. Hmm. I don't know who, I don't know what character it is, but it's Bradley Cooper. I'm just going to say that it's Bradley. Cooper. He's already in the MCU. Oh yeah. He's he rocket is, he? though. I guess we don't see him. So but we don't see him. So there's a, there's, there's a possibility we could have him <laughs> in the flesh. It would be will. absolutely hilarious. If after everything that we went through with WandaVision, they introduced either the fantastic four or X-Men <laughs> in this series, that would be so funny. Or both, or both. Yeah, in the same episode, it's like there's Wolverine and there's Reed Richards. Like, yes, that would be so uh, evil, but also like, you, awesome. You waited, and here it finally is. My goodness, my goodness. Well, thanks for speculating. Thanks for going down a big rabbit hole with me, Cam. Always. As always, we've got one week until episode four. I don't know how I'm going to last throughout this week, but let's play out our sorrows with our original band that we did not create. It's just someone we know. It's our brother-in-law <laughs> and his best bud uh, called Rhetoric. Check them out on Spotify and on iTunes and anywhere else you can find them. Check us out on Popcorn for Breakfast. That's our Umbrella Head podcast, Popcorn for breakfast popcorn the number four breakfast.com and get us on all your social medias everywhere podcasts can be found we will see you next week peace